This episode of The Bestseller Experiment is brought to you by a sponsor, ProWritingAid. The official editing software of The Bestseller Experiment, ProWritingAid is so much more than a grammar checker. It's a style editor and writing mentor all in one package. Once more, ProWritingAid integrates with Scrivener, and Word, Google Docs, Chrome, Safari, Firefox, OpenOffice and Outlook. It's designed for the smarter writer, which is all of you. And as a listener of The Bestseller Experiment, you can get a whopping 20% off right now. Get your discount today over at ProWritingAid.com forward slash bestseller. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this special episode from the archives. This is a golden oldie full of great evergreen advice for writers. It's a rerun, basically. Whilst we work on something very, very special. Or very, very special indeed. We were so young and naive, weren't we, Mark? Oh, we were, but our guests, our guests were brimming with wisdom. So enjoy! And we'll be back next week with a brand spanking new episode of The Bestseller Experiment. To read Back to Reality, the best-selling novel of the bestseller experiment by the two marks, go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash back to reality. And subscribe to this podcast to get loads of extra bonuses. Go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash subscribe. Let's run the show. Hello and welcome to the bestseller experiment where we discover what makes a bestselling novel while trying to write publish and market one in just a year. I'm Mark Stay. And I'm Mark DeVoe. And thank you so much for joining us today. And this week, we want to say a massive thank you because we have a show sponsor, Mark. We have a show sponsor. And we were kind of talking about our, well, I was talking about my favorite writing tool, which is Scrivener. And um, we kind of jokingly said, hey, maybe you should sponsor the, the podcast. And it's actually happened. So yeah. we are massively grateful to our sponsors today, Scrivener, uh, which is now the official writing app of the bestseller experiment. So yeah, if you, you are thinking of doing NaNoWriMo for 30 days, uh, there is actually a free 30-day trial of Scrivener available from their website, which is literatureandlatte.com. So if you are interested to see what all the... Uh, why everyone's raving about this incredible writing tool, uh, get yourself over to literatureandlatte.com. And we want to also just thank everyone who's been putting some amazing reviews on iTunes. Thank you so yes. much for that. Thank you. We love you. Beautiful, beautiful people. You do know that leaving a review on iTunes makes you much more attractive to other human beings. So if you are looking for a mate, the only way to assure that you will find one is to... I, I read that somewhere, probably Wikipedia, but it's true. It's scientifically proven. The more stars you give, the more stars you give, you have this sexual aura about you and you will be pushing people away from you, the, the, the adoring masses. But we are really grateful, so you know, please do keep them coming. And let's dive straight into today's episode. We have a, it's a special, special. It's a special. It's our first da, 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 special, da, da, da. people. We won't normally be doing this, you know, uh, an episode on a Monday, then boom, one straight after it. But this one, well, one is the timing because, you know, it's all Hallow's Eve and, and we've got November upon us. Um, but yeah, this, this one, we had to cram this one in, didn't we? Absolutely. So today we are interviewing and none other than Grant Faulkner, who heads up NaNoWriMo. Now, some of you might be going, NaNoWriMo, they're going to be doing NaNoWriMo because you've been involved in it for years. But I know there's lots of people out there that still might think, Nano what? So we've got Grant in today to give us some advice. If you're thinking of taking part in NaNoWriMo, Mark, explain, just give us a quick overview about what it is. 
Well, NaNoWriMo, um, it's been going for yonks now. And it's it's one of these things that in November, my Twitter timeline is full of the hashtag NaNoWriMo because it's full of writers who are jumping in. And the idea is you have one month, November, and it's it, one of the shorter months. It doesn't even have 31 days, 30 days in which to write a novel. Uh, it's insane. Uh, you, you, I mean, we've set ourselves a year. Uh, they set themselves a month. Now, of course, it's not a finished novel. It's the first draft of your novel. But I think for someone who's starting out, who's maybe never written a novel before, it's, it's an amazing thing to do. And it's a big challenge. And uh, it's also uh, it, it's it's also really bloody hard as well. So it's um, it's an incredible thing. I've never done it i've always been too much of a chicken plus i've been busy with other stuff uh but mark you've you've tried it i have yes in fact you know it was it was actually through my daughter my daughter was doing it originally with a group of friends and i was like what, what's this you're doing and she was like reporting on her word count every day onto this computer screen right. and she showed me how it worked and being a bit of a a geek a bit of a spreadsheet man when i saw ooh, oh yeah. i saw that little graph that tracks your word count and i thought you know what I could, I could do with that. And it was actually the thing that really got me focusing on writing. And so, um, I, I, I have a lot of, uh, I have a, a lot of love for NaNoWriMo. I think they, what they're doing is incredible. And, um, if you don't know, NaNoWriMo actually, um, stands for National Novel Writing Month. And the idea is to hit that 50K target. So I think the average is 1,666 words a day, which sounds a lot, but, but I think part of the idea of doing it is to help get people not just to, to try and finish 50,000 words in November, but it's also beyond that. It's like the fact that you might just get into that daily writing habit, which, as we know, we keep on hearing. It's like the probably the biggest, I would say, I don't know, Mark, I think it's the number one tip that we're hearing from from the bestsellers out there, wouldn't you yeah, say? Ev- everyone's saying it. And again, NaNoWriMo is exactly for people like you, who you are the self-confessed writer who's maybe got to 20,000 words, got stuck, walked away, and then never gone back to it. And NaNoWriMo stops that because you've got a ticking clock. You can't really walk away from it. You've got to knuckle down and get on with it. And it's something that, that you know, I think is is really tough is really really tough and if you can get over that hump then uh then then you'll be a writer myself absolutely and you know what's really interesting though in the context of best-selling books as well you know this is the training for the olympics isn't it really i mean you have to you have to put in those laps you have to get up when it's raining you know in the middle of winter when it's dark and cold which is probably why they do it in november it's kind of hibernation month at least at least in our Australia. hemisphere. I don't know quite how it works in Australia, but I'm sure they're probably on the beach with their, <laughs> with their iPads. But I, I do think that if anyone's got any dreams or aspirations to write a bestseller, then this is your training. And that's why we're doing a special on it, because we think it's really important. So we'd like to welcome today Grant Faulkner from NaNoWriMo. Grant, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Mark. It's wonderful to be here. It's absolutely brilliant. And, and we are just a few days away from the magic month of November. And it's an incredible time of year for writers. And, and Grant's, Grant's kindly come on the show today uh, to tell us a bit more about why NaNoWriMo is such an incredible project for writers. So how, how preparations going for this year, Grant? They're going fantastic. We, the, the Twitter sphere is full of hashtag NaNoWriMo, of people discussing you know, their, their ways 
to get ready or if they're going to do it or if they're on the fence. And um, it's, it's just so exciting to see, you know, essentially the, the whole world talk about novel writing. Um, and, and hashtag NaNoWriMo trends on Twitter almost every day of the month in November starting and, and in October, too. So, yeah, a lot of excitement out there. There are going to be a lot of new novels that will be born this November. Fantastic. And, and tell us tell us a bit about the, the, the very origins of how it started, because I, I read that it kind of started accidentally. Is that right? It did. You know, I, I have a theory that most great things have an element of accident in them. <laughs> um, and, and what happened was, is, you know, Chris Beatty, the founder, way back in 1999, um, he, he wanted to write a novel. He was an avid reader. And, and he kind of woke up one day, literally, and said, you know, how do you do this? And, you know, he knew that you could buy how to write books and he knew that you could take writing workshops and all that. But he but he also, um, you know, understood that the best way to learn a lot of things is just by doing them. And I think that really holds true to, to novel writing. I mean, how to write books are great. Workshops are great. But, you know, the best way to learn, you got to really immerse yourself in the experience. Um, so anyway, Chris, Chris uh, recruited about 20 of his friends and they met in cafes every night to write together. And uh, they kind of accidentally or unwittingly uh, laid the foundation for the things we do today. Um, on one hand, uh, we really believe in developing a writing community and writing with others. And so uh, we have a, a variety of ways, which I can talk about later, about how we support that community. Um, and, and one great benefit is that it builds accountability. So um, if one of those 20 people didn't show up in the cafe one night to write, you know, they get the question, how's your novel coming or why weren't you there? <laughs> And so <laughs> Love a it. group of people around you builds in, you know, you're more just more likely to succeed if that's the case. But they also did these like really fun uh, writing games. I call them Pavlovian games. And uh, what would happen is like they'd, they'd, they'd challenge each other. Like they'd, they'd say, whoever can write the most in the next five minutes will win a latte. You know, and so they'd all... <laughs> They'd all get, you know, write with gusto and abandon and try to win, you know, and then, you know, somebody would write the most words and get the latte. And then conversely, they would challenge each other. You know, you say you can't go to the bathroom until you've written a thousand words. Um, and especially after that latte, that that is, you know, the most motivating writing challenge on the planet. Oh, that's fantastic. That's brilliant stuff. But then it just, you know, like uh, Chris, you know, they all just wrote novels and they had fun writing them and they came back next year and 150 people joined them. Word spread. And the year after that, they you know, Chris started a, a very rudimentary, you know, early millennial website and 5000 people showed up to write. And then last year we had, you know, nearly 500,000 people in total, along with our Young Writers program. So it just we, we say that everyone has a story and that everyone's story matters. And we see proof of that every year by the number of people who sign up. That is absolutely incredible. Grant, do you get an idea of how many people do come back year after year? Uh, what sort of percentage is it of the, of the total? You know, off the top of my head, I don't know. I should go dig in our database and find out. We do have a number of people who, who just love doing it every year. And so we, we, we have some people who, you know, they, they were, you know, part of that original group and, and, and did it way back in 2000. Uh, but we also pick up a lot of new writers every year. I mean, obviously we grow every year. And, uh, you know, I think, I think 500,000, you know, we, we're going to, we're going to double that in, in five or 10 years. You know, there's just a lot of room to grow. People, so many people have stories to tell and we help make that happen. 
That's incredible. Because I, I think the community, I think the community side to it is very appealing to a lot of people. The feeling that you're not doing this alone, that other people have got your back. It's not a judgmental space at all. It's it's there to encourage you and g you along. Absolutely, and I think that's what makes us so different than most writing communities. You know, we um, the community we are fundamentally a community. If our if our we're a nonprofit technically, but if the organization went away, Nanorima would still happen every year, and that's because of of its passionate the passionate writers would make it happen and they carry it out. But I think you mentioned something really important, Mark, is that um, what's so special about Nanorima is that it is focused on that that encouragement you know people are are very legitimately rooting for everyone all the writers around them to succeed and and you know of course that's that's the part of a a lot of communities but you know we're not so focused on the end product we're not so focused on critiquing and giving feedback and publishing and you know that kind of like status of hierarchy there that just kind of naturally comes from that we're interested in igniting people's you know creative potential you know and that that's why so many people find their writing home with NaNoWriMo. Absolutely. And I think that it's, I've, I've done it myself, Grant, and uh, I'm one of those annual, annual people that keep coming back. And it, it's just, for me, it's one of the most inspiring um, things to see. Um, actually, even with, within the young, young community as well, my daughter's part of a group and there's a, there's a group of them that sit down and do it in November as well. And to see people at such a young age, you know, at uh, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years of age, getting involved in this and seeing the legacy that that's created is, is truly inspiring from my perspective. And I just kind of wish it was around when I was 12. But uh, Me too. You know, I always say I didn't even dream of writing a novel when I was in high school. You know, I, I, I wrote short stories. I didn't hear about anyone my age even attempting a novel. And I wrote my first novel when I was in my mid to late 20s, which I thought was a perfectly good achievement. Um, but I'm so amazed. I'll meet I'll meet like eight you know teenagers who will not have not only written one novel, they've written five or six or seven novels, you know. Mm. And I think you brought up something really interesting too, Mark. My, my daughter um, has done it as well. And I think it's, it's, it's so magnificent to go to one of our write-ins with her and actually write with her. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we share this creative uh, passion and I hear those stories all the time about like families or, you know, parents writing with their children. Yeah. I'd love to tell you a quick story. My daughter started when she was 12. She now has negotiated with the principal of a high school that she has a special writing block to work on a novel um, because she pushed through grades in English and she's actually, and that was all inspired from her starting NaNoWriMo only a couple of years ago. That's wonderful. We're going we're to put her on our poster for our Young Writers Program. <laughs> That's all right. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. She would love that. That's fantastic. So obviously at this time of year, there's a lot of people who are very inspired and they're, they're building up towards, towards, you know, they've signed up, they're ready, you know, they've, 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 they're, they're, they're starting their engine, so to speak. But what about those people, Grant, who are maybe still on the fence about doing NaNoWriMo this year? How would you, what words of inspiration would you have for them to go for it? Yeah, it was interesting. Just right before getting on the air today, I, I read a tweet or I was answering a tweet and somebody was saying, I'm, I'm, I'm deciding whether to do NaNoWriMo or not this year, but I'm just not quite feeling the vibe. And uh, I, of course, tweeted back sending, you know, plenty of vibes. But I think I think that person was like uh, talking about inspiration. And I think all too often writers wait for inspiration to come to them. And, you know, that 
almost every novel in history that's been published or written hasn't, you know, inspiration. Of course, there's a spark of inspiration somewhere in there, but the way that it happens is not waiting for that inspiration. You create the inspiration every day you sit down to write. You have to show up and write and create that novel. And I, I guarantee you'll find the inspiration in the words you write on the page and just by sitting down and doing it. Um, but to, to, to answer more directly the question about what I would tell people on the fence is that, you know, so many people stay on the fence year after year after year, no matter if it's writing a novel or, or chasing one of their other um, dreams, creative dreams. Um, and so I think there's something to be said for just doing it, you know, just jumping in. I mean, it's, it's free. <laughs> you have, you have <laughs> yeah. absolutely nothing to lose. Okay, better than that. A little bit of time uh, writing. Um, but I think, you know, um, so many people say, I want to write a novel someday, and we help make that happen today. And so I think that, you know, you have to, you have to view your creative projects with a sense of urgency and, and to make them happen. Otherwise, you'll be on the fence for your whole life. Yeah, we, we hear this again and again and again from from professional authors, you know, million selling authors that we've interviewed. And they said that the difference is, you know, it's all very well writing when inspiration is flowing through you. It's those days when you're really not feeling it. And that's what differentiates, you know, the the professionals from the amateurs and, and the doers from the not doers. So I, I think by giving people legitimacy that's what NaNoWriMo does. it says you know this is where you can start just start here you know just get the ball rolling I think that's uh, that's a great thing it'll, it'll give them the inspiration to kick it off at least absolutely you know I feel like too many people hold back from saying that they are a writer you know I think people feel that to say I am a writer it, it, it feels too precious or you're not a writer until you're validated by publishing but we say you're, you're a writer because you write you know um, and, and, and that's, you have to show up and do it every day. And that's the way, um, all the books that we love have been created. And, um, and, and part of the, our premise too, is that all those great books, whether it was written by, you know, Tolstoy or Shakespeare or, or, or anybody, um, they, uh, start out as rough drafts. They, they are not in the perfect form that we read them in, you know, a lot of labor has gone into that. And so that's why, you know, we, we essentially, try to give people permission, you know, like, like write that rough draft. It's, it's, it's not going to look like that novel that you, you love, but that's not what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to look like a rough draft. The other thing is you are giving people a, a finishing line. You're, you're telling them to finish the damn thing. <laughs> and in my experience, finishing it is just the first part of starting a book. You know, so many people will write 10, 20,000 words and get absolutely nowhere with it. But by actually getting to the end, it will be terrible, but it's done, and it's, it gives you a base from which to build the rest with your, your rewrites as well. And I think that's that's the really good thing about this. Yeah, we say we say a goal and a deadline are a creative midwife, um, and I and <laughs> and I and I really think that metaphor is true. I think uh, when you're writing, it's easy to kind of fool yourself about how much you're really progressing. Um, you can, you can be writing that novel for years and never get to that finish line. You know, I mean, I know a lot of writers and I'm certainly, uh, guilty of this myself from time to time that I'll, I will noodle forever on that first chapter, you know, or those first five pages. And I feel like I have to make them perfect before I can move on. Um, but what that does is that creates a roadblock block from, from, from exploring the rest of the novel. And I think there's a lot to be said for just, you know, maintaining your progress and your focus on the finishing line and then coming back to those first five pages of the first chapter. And that's when you're really going to perfect things. So everyone, if you're listening to this and you are feeling inspired, 
I would really like to encourage you to to get over to NaNoWriMo and sign up. You've got a few more days left before it starts. So, Grant, how how is the best way for people to get involved? Well, the first thing you can do is uh, just Google NaNoWriMo or National Novel Writing Month, or you can go to NaNoWriMo.org. That's what you'll find on Google. Um, and again, it's all free. You can just sign up. Uh, when you sign up, it's like a lot of websites. It's kind of like filling out a social media profile. Uh, you can, you know, enter your novel, you know, give us a little excerpt, tell us what it's about. Um, when you're on the website, you can, it's, it is like the social media in a lot of ways. You can find friends in our forums and buddy them. And, um, our forums actually have a million threads every, or posts every November about every writing topic under the sun. So it's a fantastic online community. And then it's important to, to find your region. So, um, for instance, I know, I know at least one of you, Marks, is in London, and there is a, a vibrant NaNoWriMo community in London. And so you can go on the website and say, I'm in London, and you will start getting, we have um, these fantastic superhero um, volunteers called Municipal Liaisons, and there are a thousand of them around the world. So we're not really National Novel Writing Month, we're International Novel Writing Month. And so the London Municipal Liaisons will organize uh, live writing gatherings in London where people come together and write together in pubs or cafes or libraries. Um, and that happens all around the world. Um, we also have a presence. We have a thousand libraries and community spaces um, who host uh, NaNoWriMo gatherings. Um, so I really think that community aspect is really important. Um, but then I think, you know, just I, I won't tell everything about the website. I think people can click around and, and find the resources we have. We we provide plenty of like how to get ready for NaNoWriMo resources. We have a very, you know, um, active blog um, with, with everyday, you know, interviews with writers and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I think I think just uh, giving you well, giving yourself permission, telling yourself you can do it and then signing up and uh, and then thinking about how you can make that happen. That's fantastic. And we'll also make sure that uh, there's a link on the website at bestsellerexperiment.com as well, if you wanted to click directly through to that. And um, wow, I'm, I'm just so inspired here in the story, Grant. It's been so amazing having you on today. And I, I'd, I know you've probably got a dash because you've got a, you know, a, a rather busy month coming up. <laughs> but would you mind coming back in the middle of November to help inspire everyone taking part in NaNoWriMo this this year um because that you, you've got a name for that haven't you what's it called well it's, it's it we, we call it the muddy middle <laughs> I I call it sometimes the swampland um <laughs> after after the the gusto of writing you know the exuberance that you feel towards your novel in that first week you know it's just like such smooth sailing um but but you, you know usually after a week or two um you hit the wall or most writers do and that's that's when you really need that lift Mm. Um, that's the hard part. Um, and that's the heroic part, you know, so, the, so you really got to face down that muddy middle. And I love talking about that. Brilliant. Well, let's, let's, let's get you back and maybe we could focus on some of the, the best sellers that have actually come out of NaNoWriMo over the years, which would be a huge inspiration, I think, for everyone who's, who's sitting down and writing right now. Sure thing. Great stuff. Now, before you go, Grant, there was another reason we actually invited you on today. Oh. And you you, won't, you might not know this, but I'm I'm a chairman of a of a, a charity in the UK, and I 100% have experienced the incredible work that goes on behind the scenes with any kind of not for profit 
organization. We were thinking of making this a not-for-profit ourselves, the bestseller experiment, but we were going for all for loss instead. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. um, but <laughs> good, good for you but, guys. But you know what? We, we think, we think that what you have, what, it, what you are doing day to day, what the team have done and the incredible supporters of NaNoWriMo deserve to be recognized for what you do. Cause there's a lot of unsung heroes, as you've already mentioned behind the scenes. And I think everyone that takes part is so appreciative of what you, cr- what you create and the effort that you put in. Um, so we, we're going to be awarding NaNoWriMo the very first lifetime contribution to writing award. And that is going to be something we're going to be sending to your office that you can display proudly wherever you want to display it. And, we just in recognition for all of the unsung heroes behind the scenes that go to incredible lengths through their passion on behalf of all the writers out in there in the world. And we really just wanted to take this moment to recognize you and your team. Wow, that is huge. And what a surprise. Um, thank you so much. And, and I think you put it perfectly. It's, it's the unsung heroes that make this all happen. I mean, we have a tiny staff of eight here. Um, and, and, and they are unsung heroes to me, you know, they're, they're amazing. The amount of work that goes into this is unimaginable. Um, but then there are all those unsung heroes out there, the writers who are encouraging each other, the, the municipal liaisons who I mentioned and the librarians and the teachers who teach it in the classroom. So I really, really appreciate that. Oh, you're very welcome. And I just want to do a very quick roll call to the people who, um, you know, uh, there's obviously a lot of people involved, so much bigger than most people really imagine. But I'm going to give a very quick roll call to those people because I think it's important to recognize, you know, from the beginnings as well of where it's gone. Um, I mean, firstly, to the, to the municipal liaisons that are out there, um, huge, huge and incredible volunteers, the thousand libraries. And also there are bo- there's a board behind NaNoWriMo, there's, a, there's the kind of day-to-day team, and there's even a writer's board. So just, just to kind of absorb just how much goes into this, have a listen to, to these names, just to acknowledge these folks. So obviously Chris Beatty, founder, Julie Barton, Buster Benson, Karima Kamel, Paul O, Julie Russell, Tony Shen, Jason Snell, and then in the team there's Chris Angotti, Tim Kim, David Beck, Sarah McKee, Shelby Gibbs, Heather Dudley, Jezra Lichter, Catherine Grip, Wesley Suka, Paige Noor, Rob Diaz, Lena Heller, uh, Madeline Porter, Rebecca Stern, and then on the writer's board you've got Jennifer Albin, Melissa uh, Anelli, Minor Fogarty, Cami Garcia, Rachel Heron, Huey Howe, uh, Hugh Howie, we'll probably be talking about uh, next in the next couple of weeks, uh, Maureen Johnson, Dorinda Jones, uh, Niall Leonard, Marissa Mayer, Mitala Perkins, and Scott Westerfeld, and of course you, Grant, Grant Faulkner. I mean, that, that's just a, a, a small group of people that that are involved in what happens today. And so for all the writers out there who, who have taken part in NaNoWriMo, thinking of doing it, these guys are massive unsung heroes and we absolutely acknowledge you. So Grant, thank you so much for your, for coming on today. And we're really looking forward to chatting with you in a couple of weeks. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it too. So thanks so much. I can't believe you gave him an award. <laughs> this, this is this is the difference between British people and North Americans. I, I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea, and he really 
was touched by it, and I think it's a brilliant idea. But I'm sitting here going, "What is he doing? We're not BAFTA. What? What are you doing, Mark?" But <laughs> do you know what? It's <laughs> it's so funny. And I have been living out in North America now for a few years, but but you've turned, you've I, changed, man. I've changed. <laughs> Mind you, I am the cynical one. No, that's abs- well, that's role. true. Abs- no, do you know what though? I, uh, in, I actually, I actually feel that the biggest thing that is is the most that there's not enough in the world of appreciation. And I think if you speak yeah. to anyone, anyone doing anything, whether it's, um, you know, even in the workplace, people always say, you know, appreciation is so much more valued. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I think it comes from the fact that I've I've run this charity actually called Food Share, which is a kids um, charity where they grow food. Uh, in gardens in schools and then they they go and make meals and deliver them to homeless shelters and things and it's absolutely incredible to see when people get behind something the passion and the amount of time and energy they put in with with absolutely no um, acknowledgement of what they're doing so you know i think it's really important and i think you know one of those things i think you know how did bafta start well they probably had to give an award to begin with so maybe we'll bring yeah. the little thing <laughs> thing is everyone's going to be expecting them every week now and i'm thinking oh no yeah. and <laughs> as long as as long as you send them a nice award, it, it can't be your darts trophy from 1996 <laughs> mark okay oh, no. it has to be a nice one Make it's already sure in it's the, the post proper... yes no it is it is i've already i've already sorted it but um, yeah, it won't be one of those ones where the little kind of badge falls off after three days, <laughs> <laughs> and then you try and then you're trying to match the like which ones just go. Oh, you have got all these kind of little empty placeholder. We've all got them, haven't we, as kids? <laughs> we were all there, like you know, for the sack race, yeah, yeah, and the hundred hundred meter flop. You know, it's all good. It's fascinating listening to that because it is. A community and they are you know he says they've got thousands of these people all over the world helping out and you know for for why to tell stories to make people's voices be heard and that's that's terrific stuff it's really really cool yeah i actually one of the, I, I think one of my favorite one of my favorite things that grant said was that he said that you're a writer because you write and it's yeah. how all great books are created it's like you know very, very simple wisdom, but so, so true. Well, have you heard the Joanne Harris uh, podcast uh, previous to this one? And if you haven't, why haven't you? Please download it now. Um, she said the same thing. You know, there's no such thing as an aspiring writer. You're, you're writing. That's who you are now. You that's know? right. So, that's of course, right. you've got to, you've got to, you know, you can't just start stuff. You've got to finish it. And that's what NaNoWriMo is about. It's about crossing that finishing line. So, and and the thing we, we are hearing from Grant is something we've heard from again and again, which is, you know, the daily habit. Try and write every day. And, of course, if you've only got 30 days in a month, you really have to write every day, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, um, so, it is, is uh, this is designed for people starting out who we might blithely call amateurs, but it has a real professional attitude to it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the, his, we've heard this echoed a few times before, but I love this idea of don't wait for inspiration to come. You create the inspiration every day you sit down to write. And so yeah. it's actually about showing up every day, isn't it? It's about showing up at that desk, even if you feel like you haven't got anything to give that day. As, as our friend Shannon would say, your muse is your bitch. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Which has been trending on Twitter, I believe. <laughs> I really out. hope so. I really She's now said so. that if, is my official tagline, apparently. So, oh, yeah. She should get T-shirts made up. She definitely should. I'd, I'd buy one. <laughs> the other thing I loved, and actually this resonated with me big time, 
Um, one of the things that Grant first said was most great things have an element of accident in them. And, you know, some of just from a music perspective, it's quite funny because when you're when you're creating music, I've got a big you know keyboard with lots of buttons and all kinds of fun things I can press on the screen. And the amount of time you accidentally press um, a note and you get this completely weird effect. And it is absolutely brilliant. And you're like, oh, and then you're thinking, how did I do that? And you're trying to work it out. And uh, apparently that's how Cher's vocal, remember that song, Believe It? Believe It Now? Oh, yeah. The, that, they yeah. accidentally, they hit a wrong button and that's how the vocal came out. The, so. the feedback at the beginning of the Beatles, I Feel Fine, that was an accident. Uh, I was an accident. Just ask my mum and dad about that. <laughs> uh, you know, some great things come out of accidents. <laughs> No, I really was. I was something of a shock. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, I, so I, I think, you know, roll with the accidents and, and embrace yes. them. In fact, um. I now, I'm desperately sometimes, you know, desperate for accidents to happen because honestly, some of the greatest bits of the things we've done in music have come from those. So, so give, me, give me an example of an accident that you've had in your writing <laughs> life. <laughs> Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, keep, keep uh, it clean, please. This is a family show. Uh, oh, gosh, you put me on the spot there. Uh, I, I, I tell you what, the novel, the fantasy novel that I've, um, I've, and I, I've got to say, I've managed to get an agent for this, hey! this last week, so I'm really happy about that. Uh, I spent the last 18 months writing. I, I was... Uh, not, good, got, not good news for our 52-week plan then. 18 <laughs> no, months. It really isn't. It's 127,000 words long. Oh, okay. so Fair uh, enough. Donald's <laughs> um, only going to be, what, 5,000, something like that? Exactly, yeah, <laughs> if we get that far. My my novel has three main characters in it, and I had all their outlines plotted out very, very carefully. And there's one character in the book uh, who was essentially, he was, he was kind of the damsel in distress role. And it was really uninteresting. And, you know, I found this about halfway through. And I just abandoned his outline and i just f f so for the main two characters everything was fairly carefully plotted and, and that was fun but with him when i came to writing his part his character called oscar i didn't know what was going to happen next and it was kind of every chapter was was kind of you know oh what's happening next what's happening next? i didn't know mm. and actually what's happened is of course he's the most interesting character out of the lot interesting because he was always surprising me so that was something i don't know if that counts as an accident but it's it certainly wasn't what I had planned. It's interesting you say that because um, we might want to lace a clue in about another accident I read about. Similar kind of idea, but it was actually through um, the, the one of the main characters in Breaking Bad. Uh, for fans of Breaking Bad out there, there was a, a, a big kind of the big baddie who started off in season two had to actually like go and film somewhere else so they've lost him so they had to come up with a new character gustav fring who for anyone who's seen that show and loves it knows that he is one of the most amazing characters that then runs for that show so it was almost through uh through circumstance that they were forced to have to find something else and accidentally discovered one of the best characters in the whole show um, and i say that i say breaking bad just kind of lacing a little bit of a a clue to something that might be happening, Mark. Are we allowed to actually mention that, do you think? Or? No, we're not. Okay. Shush. It hasn't happened yet. Right. It might not happen. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're too bad. Let's get back to <laughs> NaNoWriMo. Uh, <laughs> what also struck me was um, it's a community and it is the importance of community. And, it, and so often when you're a writer, you're flying 
solo. You're sitting there mm. on your own uh, in a room or in a cafe. And, you know, there are other people around in the cafe, but you tend not to talk to them. Not in England, anyway. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, you don't get any writing done here because they're all just No, exactly. Away. Yeah, yeah. But you've got a support group out there, you know, and there are people running this race with you. I guess it's like a marathon, isn't it? You know, if you try to run a marathon on your own, your own. the temptation is to give up after five miles. But if there's 20,000 people running with you, you're either too embarrassed to stop <laughs> yeah. or, or you're inspired, yeah, yeah, inspired you to up. keep going. Well, you, you see know? those yeah. wonderful, I mean, in the Olympics, actually, wasn't there an incredible couple of examples? The two brothers. Yeah, the yeah. two brothers. And there was yeah, also yeah. another one where a woman fell over in one of the track races and, and one of her yeah, rivals yeah. got stopped, went back, picked her up, and they ran together. And I think yeah. that symbolizes what NaNoWriMo is. It's that moment where somebody probably hits the brick wall and thinks, I just can't yeah. keep going. And everyone around them says, come on, you can do it keep up keep up and i'm sure that is probably why so many more novels have been written in the last few years as a result of of that uh, that whole reason yeah undoubtedly i think so and you know we're hopefully again hasn't happened yet but we're hoping to speak to a novelist a best-selling novelist who started out her career with NaNoWriMo in uh, in a few weeks so uh, get yeah tuned absolutely and then big things happened following that so oh, the other yeah. the other thing I felt uh, I loved what Grant said this is this is going to be my quote now uh, that I want to put on the t-shirt Grant said that a goal and a deadline or you are your creative midwife yeah that's a good one I like that, that. Was that great is yeah yeah and actually, you know, part of the reason why we set this time limit on on our novel was for that very reason. Because you you actually quite like a deadline, I hear, Mark. I love a deadline. Uh, I do. I, 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 whenever someone gives me, uh, you find this a lot with, um, you know, script writing in particular. You go and have a meeting with someone. They say, great, send us a two-pager, you know, uh, an outline or whatever. And uh, I'll always say, when do you need it by? And they say, oh, whenever. And I'm like, no, 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 give me give me a deadline. Because I've got a million other things going on. And if I put it on the back burner, it will never get done. Uh, mm. So if they say, oh, well, look, get it in within a week. I'm like, great, I'll knuckle down and get that done. It's done. It's out the way. It's out there. Now I can get on with the other projects. And or you know, if you're not someone who who likes to hit deadlines, you could be like Douglas Adams, who famously said, oh, "I love deadlines." He said, "I love the whooshing noise they make as they go past." <laughs> love it. Yeah. I've not heard that one before. Oh yeah, That's he was. He, he well, he had to be locked in a hotel room to finish. Uh, was it so long? And thanks for all the fish. I think it was. Um, mm. he, he, I mean, it was to the point where they. They were feeding him through, you know, the door and then locking him back in. So, you know, even the best writers have issues with deadlines. But, you know, it's it's um, if NaNoWriMo helps you compress some action into a, even if you don't finish, you would have got further than you would have at the end of October. You know, you'd, you've you've got something to build on. Oh, absolutely. And for some people, that will be 50,000 words more than they would have had if they hadn't have done it. You know, some people without... NaNoWriMo, and I was one of those people without that, I wouldn't have written in November because there's always there's always going to be reasons not to write. I think the biggest challenge that every writer faces is that writing kind of has a place in your world, which if you're not a, a published author with a, maybe a major publisher who's saying, you have to deliver your book on this date because yeah. you've got everything lined up, you know, your flights are booked, your press tour, uh, if, for every, for, that's for, very few writers but carry on well yeah <laughs> absolutely but but for the people for the people that don't have that that don't even have you know a support writer a partner who's saying how are you getting on with your book 
it's always the thing that can slip off the radar. There'll always be something more pressing and urgent that will demand of your time. And so I think, you know, honestly, I think it is one of the most important things and, and having the deadline with the support, that's the perfect combo. Yeah. And, and as long as you understand that by the end of it, you're not going to have war and peace, you know, as an- yeah. another great quote from Grant was everything starts as a rough draft. And it mm. does. And, you know, you might get to the end of November and you might have your 50,000, 60,000 words. As long as you understand, you might spend the next six months rewriting that and knocking it into shape. But, you know, again, it's got you much further than you were at the end of October. You know, you're, you've got something to start molding into shape, perfecting and, and turning into, you know, that best-selling novel that you've always wanted to write. Absolutely. So if you're thinking or doing or you already signed up to do NaNoWriMo, come to our Facebook page and let us know whether you're a first timer or whether you're a NaNoWriMo vet who's done it many times before, because you may be able to inspire some people who are maybe either sitting on the fence or, um, you know, might, might finally hit some roadblocks partway through, which is obviously what we're going to focus on with Grant in our, in our next interview with him, probably around middle of the month. I think that's really where it kind of hits, doesn't it? So, Mark, we've got a really interesting question of the week this week, haven't we? And uh, yeah, (laughs) I don't have it in front of me. You're going to have to. No, I don't. (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) The question this week is from Dan Spencer in London. And he says, my question would be, how long should a bestseller be? Some of the books I have most enjoyed reading are all relatively short. And he quotes Catcher in the Rye, books by Hemingway, Orwell, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Are there any rules as to how short or long a bestseller bestseller should be? Uh, So in music for radio, you basically have to be in and around the three-minute mark, you know, for a hit single. I wonder if there's any analysis done of the top 100 best-selling fiction books and their word counts. Well, I don't know about any analysis, and I'll, I'll go away and look at this, and if we find some, I'll, I'll pop it up on the, uh, the Facebook page and maybe put a link on Twitter. Um, but it's, um, it is interesting because, you know, he, he looks at some classics there, and they are all shot. I mean, I remember reading Catcher in the Rye when I was 15 and read it in just a few days, and it's, it's amazing that a book that short can have such a profound effect on so many people. Um, but then you have books like, you know, The Stand by Stephen King. Uh, Orion published um, uh, the, uh, the Passage by Justin Cronin. And, the, you know, the three books in that trilogy are all massive tomes, but the, people love them. They, they jump into them and, and they love being absorbed in that world. You know, Lord of the Rings, for example, you know, which, uh, you know, epic, epic stuff. Uh, so I'm not sure there is an average or or if there is an ideal but i think you you maybe tailor it to your market i mean you do hear you talk to a children's editor and they'll recommend that a good children's book could be between 50 to 60,000 words right. uh, although of course there are longer ones and there are shorter ones um i think you can't call your book a novel until you've hit about 80,000 words typically. Again, that's coming from mainstream publishing. I think if you're on Kindle self-publishing or e-book self-publishing, then maybe it's 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 a little shorter. Probably around but, more like 60, 60,000 probably. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's, it's yeah, I, I think so. Uh, particularly if you're doing series fiction, you know, if you've got... When I, think, a, when I think bestsellers, I always think of, I don't know why, but I always think of um, airports and airport bookstores and, and you don't often see like the massive books there because they're trying to pack the shelves 
you know, as, as tightly as they can. I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, again, Stephen King, you know, he's always done very well in the airports. Uh, the, the old Harold Robbins books were, were pretty chunky tomes. So I, I, I don't, you know, I don't think you should deal in averages with these things. I, I think you you look at your market, uh, what, what you're writing for, you know, if you're writing a series that's kind of urban fantasy like Shannon does, and maybe 50, 60, 70,000 words is ideal. If you're writing epic fantasy, then you're looking at, you know, between well, 100 and 120, be, you know. Yeah, it has to be bigger because you've got a lot more world developing that you're doing. Exactly. But yeah. I've got to say, actually, um, do you mention The Stand by Stephen King? I've just got to throw in there. That, that was the book that changed my life. It was, I'd never I'd never read beyond a thousand pages yeah. before. And I think the text yeah. was pretty tiny in the book. I had the yeah, purple yeah, cover. Yeah. And I remember just, it, it felt like, a, like talk about marathons. I felt like I'd run 52 marathons reading that. But I think nowadays... I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a trend change and I'm going to go switch quickly to the business more, you know, less of the kind of the writer's objectives, but more of the kind of business objectives. And what I'm hearing more and more from writers is if you, you know, don't write a thousand, a thousand page novel, write a trilogy and sell three individual books that are, you know, 333 pages each, because from a business perspective, when we start talking about the, the livelihood of writing, I mean, is it not true that you can sell each one of those books for the same price and then put the trilogy out as a separate collection at the end? I mean, is that something you're saying? Yeah, yes. But each of those books has to work on its own merit. Uh, there's there's nothing there's nothing more likely to get you a bunch of one star reviews than having a really unsatisfying ending, especially to your first part of your trilogy or your series. If it ends on you know, mid sentence cliffhanger. They're going to feel cheated and robbed. I think it has to be a, a satisfying story in its own right. And then you continue the overarching story in parts two and parts three and four or whatever. Um, but yeah, so the I challenge. Think, so you're saying the challenge is to basically ensure that you've, you've got your big ending for the very end of the trilogy, but you can't just rely on that. You've got to also ensure that you've got really big endings for each one of those books. Then you might be able to look at a trilogy yeah, rather than. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a bit like episodic TV. We are used to cliffhangers on TV, but I think a good TV show, each of those episodes has a beginning, middle and end and tells a particular story. Now, maybe the way to uh, approach that if you're doing uh, a, a series is you maybe focus on a different character each time. You know, so they used to just really well in Star Trek, you know. Uh, in Star Trek, each week they'd focus, you know, it'd be a Picard story, it would be a Beverly Crusher story, it'd be a Wesley Crusher story, you know. So uh, they'd focus on a different character each time, but there'd still be an overarching story, you know. So maybe take that approach to it. But I think what you mustn't do is take one, if you've written a thousand page novel and you'd cynically split it into three, mm. people are going to spot that. And then you'll, you'll be seeing lots of one star reviews on your uh, <laughs> online game <laughs> of choice. And that's going to kill you career you know so yeah uh, good point good point that's brilliant advice and well thank you dan for sending in your question yeah. and if you have a question for the show please pop along to our website bestsellerexperiment.com click on the contacts button then you'll see a form where you can fill out your question mark for us and or just drop a line on twitter drop a line on true. facebook you know we're we're always there one of us usually every hour of the day that's the joy of one of us being in canada the other in yeah, london we, uh, we've got this around the clock kind of factory yeah. time thing going really good response times on facebook <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> typically response responds in a couple of seconds how sad is that <laughs> 
So it's really exciting, Mark, that we've got Scrivener on board with this podcast. I am so over the moon because now you have to use it. There is no chance you can't <laughs> use it. So thank you. I, I, know, I, just, I, I actually just, you know, I doubled up with them. I said, look, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, if you'd sponsor this show, then Mark hasn't got an out. But you have actually, you've, been, you've surprised me this last week. You've been going for it big time with Scrivener, haven't you? Yeah, well, well the first thing is we're, we're at what I call the jigsaw stage of uh, development with our with our little novel it's it's a kind of it's kind of the equivalent to the muddy middle but what we've got because you and i have been emailing ideas back and forth we've been putting them all over the place they've been in google docs they've been in little files here they've been in emails, emails which yeah. is the worst place uh, listeners i will wake up in the morning and look at my phone and it's full of notifications from mark devoe who sent me every idea he's had that day so <laughs> You know, so I, I've said to Mark, I've said, stop with the ideas. I need to compile this into one document. And that's where Scriven has been really cool, actually, because you can break it up into little chapters and you've been dropping stuff in. And I, I have to admit, because it's new and it's different and it's not one big document. You know, when you have Word or, or Pages or Google Docs, it's one long scrolling document. But this breaks it up into little chapters, which took a little getting used to, I have to admit. Mm -hmm. I did have a bit of find and replace rage this morning because normally you do find and replace and it does the whole document. And I thought, and it only did it for the chapter. Oh, I no, thought, but there oh, is a that, way you can do that. There Mark. is, there a, is way. a way. There is a way. I yeah. found a way and it's very simple to find find out how it works. Really so they're, powerful. Their little help thing is very helpful too. And I tell you the bit that that the where a little bulb went off in my head today because for for one reason which I'll talk to you later, I had to look up uh mobile phones in the mid nineties, because there's a bit of our book set in the mid nineties. And I had to look up so and then I found a wonderful website that has, you know, lists them all. And oh. you know what? I put it in the little research bit in Scrivener. Brilliant. And it's there. it's there. And if I ever want to refer to it, it's, it's just there, there clearly labelled. I tell you what, that was my road to Damascus moment <laughs> because I thought that's really useful. Actually, yeah. that's really really useful. I knew useful. it. So I knew it. I knew I would get you hooked. And and it's <laughs> when you and actually you know you talked about how it breaks things up into chapters. And obviously we've been trained to work with something like a Word document, which is just one big monstery like scrolling document. But actually, when you think about it, the way we work as writers is we work in chapters, scenes, and beats. So once you actually make the shift it's just the tool the tool's actually starting to work like we think rather than us being constrained to working with you know a scrolling monster so oh you, yeah. I, you haven't seriously when you start delving into it you you know you're going to have quite a few more of those roads but no, I'm, I'm very glad that you've made the move and what's what's nice is we've been getting feedback on twitter and on the website and on facebook from people saying oh i've i've tried it and now i'm a convert and that's yeah. great so if you're having fun with scrivener let us know if we've converted you to scrivener let us know because that will make our sponsor gods very very happy too won't it absolutely so if you're thinking of doing nanorimo this month head on over to their website and sign up as Grant says, you know, give yourself permission. And we are putting together as well, this is kind of cool. We are putting together the top 25 tips from NaNoWriMo vets, people that have finished the 50,000 words. And we're going to be giving that away on our website. So if you would like that document, that little mini ebook, pop over to bestseller.com. And here are just a couple. We've, we've basically asked, we've done some research, we've been out there asking lots and lots of people what. Uh, they most recommend their one tip. And here are a couple of kind of the biggies that have come up uh, and some interesting ones as well. One of the ones uh, is sprints, writing sprints. And if you don't know what that is, uh, it's something which uh, Shannon Mayer, who we interviewed in um, 
episode three talked a lot about. Uh, so if you're curious as to what that is, pop over and, and grab yourself that, that tips. And we'll also be putting some of those tips on the Facebook page as well. The other one that was kind of interesting, which I didn't expect, was self-care. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I was expecting things like, you know, write every day. And, and actually, the other big one that kept coming up, this is one of the top three, is don't edit. Turn off the editor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about quality. It's about quantity. It's about getting the words down on the paper. So that was a biggie. And there's some other great tips. But, Mark, self-care. How do you self-care for yourself as a writer? <laughs> <laughs> Enlighten very, me. You're a very naughty man. I get to ask uh, all the best questions. No, I, I was a genuine question. I wasn't going I, down. Why did you go down there? I don't know what that Honestly. means. Self-care. <laughs> um, Looking after yourself. Well, what do you think it meant? Well, you know, uh, I, I suppose, especially with NaNoWriMo, you don't want to be drinking Red Bull and staying up to <laughs> three in the morning, do you? You know, I mean, that's, that's bad. That's true. That's, that's going to, that's... Um, so sleep you know, is important. Yeah, sleep is important. Pace yourself, I guess. You know, maybe <laughs> it is little, lots of little sprints or it's a marathon, whatever works for you. I guess that uh, could be the risk. If you miss it, if you miss those 1,600 a day for a couple of days, before you know it, you're staring into the abyss of a 5,000 word day. Yeah. And that's where the Red Bull, the coffee, yeah, through the night... Don't do that, people. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. So it's not healthy. Pacing. You know, it's, it's a Eat self- lots of pasta on the 30th of 31st of October, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Get some carbs in. But no, don't don't hit the sugar or the Red Bull, people. That's okay. that's not... I don't want any uh, anyone hospitalised because of this, so... Yeah. We'll be able to spot you on the Facebook page if you start posting weird posts as well. You, like, you know, you've seen those things where they, they give spiders uh, speed. <laughs> they have these really erratic webs. We don't want that, oh. you know? <laughs> Mind you, it could do wonders. Could do wonders for your. Uh, I don't quite know what the effects of a a Red Bull high would be on a on a fantasy epic fantasy novel. Oh well, they'd have got to Mordor a lot more quickly, wouldn't they? <laughs> be like sprinting along just keep running, but there's nothing chasing us. Keep running, keep up, going. Because <laughs> you grabbing like could you could you imagine frodo they've got these like tables of red bull on the side of the, the man picking them up as they're running along chucking them out oh that now that would be a good parody yeah i'd watch the, that the, oh i'll totally watch that brilliant stuff so let's remind people that we have this incredible resource that we're putting together for you as part of the show mark tell us about the where the book's at the vault of gold you mean Indeed. Yes. Well, if you are brave enough to go to our website and and just join our our newsletter, the uh, the bestseller list, you will receive the magical vault of gold. And I've been putting this together, basically transcribing the best bits of the interviews we've done so far. And I'm learning tons of stuff just by typing it out. Uh, and for you, good friend, it will be free delivered uh, with updates uh, whenever we interview someone. So Grant's uh, little bits of information are going to be in there from now on. We've already got wisdom from the likes of Joanne Harris and Joe Abercrombie, Maria Semple. uh, And we've already, you know, I'm going to tease some interviews. We've already interviewed authors like Michelle Paver and John Connolly and Michael Connolly. We're going to have more coming from them. So that will be added to the Vault of Gold as well as our podcast later on. So yeah, just just sign up to the bestseller, uh, bestselling list newsletter and on our website and you will receive this completely free it comes in pdf form which is probably best for kindles and then i have an epub which is for other devices and tablets and the like and uh yeah it's all Brilliant. free it's and all free free i know it's crazy and for the thousands of people that have already downloaded it 
click on the link in your original email if you want to get the updated version. It's as simple as that. We keep uploading the new version. You just click on that link and you can download it and replace with, the with, one you've with got. With a gift that keeps on giving, aren't we, Mark? Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I would like to uh, thank you again, Mark, for another fantastically fascinating uh, bonus special that we've just done. My goodness me, this is, this is getting a bit addictive, isn't it? We have to pace ourselves, I think, a bit. But yeah. um, And we'd just like to remind everyone, uh, you know, Facebook is open for business. Come and meet us at Bestseller Experiment on Facebook and Bestseller XP on Twitter. And we've also started a Pinterest page, if you like pickies, where we're going to put some of our inspirational quotes from our authors and some of the pictures of our authors. And also, we've got a board there for the books from our authors. So if you, if all you know of Joanne Harris is chocolat, then you are missing out. There's all sorts of other stuff she's written, likewise with Joe Abercrombie. Um, so yeah, check out the Pinterest board. It's Bestseller XP. And we're on Instagram as well, which is uh, uh, just Bestseller XP again. And it's hashtag, hashtastic. It is a word <laughs> that no one uses. <laughs> they will now, though, for sure. <laughs> but do you do it hash and then T-A-S or do you do H-A? Anyway, anyway. Um, and I just wanted to say I'm doing to do a one second motivational bit this week, which is just simply, folks, set your deadline. Set your deadline. Everyone needs a deadline. Right, Mr. Stay? Whoosh. <laughs> that was mine so thank you so much for listening everyone and uh it's i'm gonna let mark say mark one this week because i always nick it don't go and go for it and it's goodbye from mark one and it's goodbye from mark one as well goodbye <laughs>